before we start the message, I have this majestic lunchbox to offer Madeline Fajita White. Come here. Give her a hand. I bestow upon you the honor of that lunchbox that would have got my butt kicked in high school, but it's, you're probably going to be the most popular kid in school. Things have changed a lot since I was in school. Um, we're starting a series called What I Really Want, um, and um, it's, it's funny because uh, we all deal with temptation. Temptation is not something that ends um, as, as we're adult, like adults get tempted by things too. Um, and I know you're thinking like tempted by what? Well, there's tempted by all kinds of things. The, the actual like term temptation, I'm not trying to kind of Trojan horse one idea or another. I just want to talk about this series, uh, specifically this month about what it means, uh, to resist temptation. Tonight we want to talk about understanding temptation. Um, this, this afternoon, I actually was able to get lunch with my man, Chris Leday, and we went to Hogs and Chicks. Anyone like Hogs and Chicks? Yeah, it's good. So Hogs and Chicks, uh, I, I got food. I've got multiple meals that I like to get there. Anyone just want to like, let's just let you get it out of your system. All at once, we're, someone's a guest catfish. Okay. Okay. Awesome. I, you read my mind. We're all going to yell our favorite order at Hogs and Chicks. All at once in three, two, one. That's hilarious. Okay, so I was to make fun of Tyler Scott upstairs because he likes the what I call the Acapulco chicken sandwich. Anyone order that? It's a popular, but he pronounces it Acapulco, like Puco. And I'm like, I don't. You're hitting that you awfully hard when you order that. So I usually make fun of him for that. But we went to Hogs and Chicks today, and I was like. I'm on a weight loss challenge. I'm going to order a salad. And I'm like walking in. And I said, I'd like the salad. And then I look at the specials behind and I'm like, oh, they've got like Cajun chicken pasta. That sounds really good. I looked at Chris and I was like, I literally had already ordered my salad. And I was like, decision time. Do I take it all back? Do I go for like the cheesesteak and French fries? Like I've ordered, you ever had the chicken tenders there? That's like, a, they're good. They're good. But also like, you're going to need a six hour nap after those chicken tenders. And so there's these decisions, right? The temptation, I stuck with the salad, okay? You'll be proud of me, I stuck with the salad. But yeah, oh, golf clap, I like it. So anyway, but there's temptation all around us. There's temptation on Santa Parkway to like drive fast or, or talk to your neighbors who are next to you in their car driving a certain kind of way. Or, you know, or um, there may have been temptation to say something rude to somebody tonight and you're like, Oh, yeah, I, uh, I uh, definitely had that temptation, and then I went ahead and did it, like, four times. We all have these ten different temptations. Um, I remember um, lots of different opportunities to be tempted by something, um, and then I, I, I made good decisions or I made bad decisions. We could all tell stories. Um, there's a, a video that I want to show you of... Uh, of a mom who decided to put an Oreo in front of her toddler for 60 seconds to see if, uh, if the toddler, just this is kind of like a will they do it or like a, a nail it or to fail it. Who thinks the toddler is going to eat the Oreo by the end of the 60 seconds? Who thinks the toddler is going to hold out, like be disciplined? Okay, about 50 50. All right, let's go ahead and roll the video. Temptation challenge. So when I get right back, you can have it, okay?
She did it. Girl. <laughs> Give that toddler 30 more seconds. I gotta have the Oreo. I gotta have the Oreo. So like, we have different ranges of, uh, of, of temptations. Listen, I want to give you kind of a working definition of temptation that we'll use throughout the series. And here's, here's kind of what we'll say. It'll be on the screen for you. Temptation is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. And that's really the kind of the theme of what we're talking about tonight. And I know some of you are like, well, what if I'm tempted to work out and that's healthy? We're not really talking about that. Also, I'm jealous. Um, you know, what pill do I take to get like, I want to work out. I don't have, I don't have that gene. It's not in my DNA. But um, the, uh, the, the temptation is this, is this promise that we're going to get something better um, than what would happen if we uh, obey God. Now, here's what I think is interesting. I've had this conversation with this group of students before, and I remember specifically talking, like bringing up a specific thing that we might be tempted to do, and there was kind of some mixed reactions on whether or not we believe this thing is a sin or not. So we really need to dive into some of that because I think that, that what's important is we got to understand what the Bible is saying, okay? And, and I think there's some people that maybe have an understanding of what God says is sin, what's righteousness, what's good, what's bad. And what we got to do is we got to read it black and white in scripture. Um, but I brought a couple, I brought a couple ideas here for you. And I want to see if you can kind of pick out where the sin is at these. Okay, so what if you're tempted? <clears throat> Getting a little more serious than the, like the salad or the Oreo. Um, going to a party where there's certain substances that are going to be consumed. Okay, so like, no, nope, just, just kind of like throw that around in your head. You're like, well, is it against the Bible to go to a party? Is it against the Bible to go be with some friends? Maybe they have some differing viewpoints on some things. I want you to kind of wrestle with that. I've got a couple more and then we'll, we'll keep going. What happens if you're in a dating relationship and you've kept everything pretty like in a good mode so far, but like you've got an opportunity to go back to the house, parents aren't home, house is empty, good idea, bad idea, wise, unwise. Is there sin there? Is there no sin? You know, what's the temptation there? And then what happens when you're there alone, the boyfriend, girlfriend stuff? What about uh, when you're pressured to like hurt or bully someone to fit in with a certain crowd? Um, some of you have maybe been there. Some of you have been the, on the opposite end of that. Um, and, uh, and you know what it's like to almost like cave into that pressure so that you can belong to this other thing. And it's like, is that good thing? Is that, but what would the Bible have to say about that? And then there's, um, I wrote this one down. Guys, uh, we're going to get personal here. Uh, okay, so like you're in the grocery store, maybe you're at the school, maybe you're at the pool or something like that. And uh, you've got a girl that you think is really attractive and she kind of bends over right in front of you and you're just like, okay, so what do I do, what do, I do with this? Where, where do I? But like, no, you don't do that. Sometimes you guys are just like, 
And that's awkward for everybody. <laughs> what do you do? Sin, not sin. Where is it? Where do we see that stuff in the Bible? You really have to, and we talked about the actual explaining the Bible last month in this series explained. And hopefully the idea is, is that when we, as we teach you the Bible, A, you value the Bible and you value it as scripture that's given by God, that is our authority, but that you're able to kind of recognize where some things are sin and where some things are not sin. Some things are like, is it, is it like sin to eat like three bags of Skittles after dinner? And some of you are like, I just did that. Like, what's wrong with that? You know, um, and there's like, there's like, is it in the Bible? Not exactly. But is it wise? Is it unwise? Are you going to puke like a rainbow in like three hours because you ate three bags of Skittles? Um, there's, there's, there's sin, and then there's like not sin. I'll tell you, um, as far as all of you guys that can't stop oogling, I know what it's like to be at the pool and this past summer, and like I'll get there, and we'll be packing our stuff up or whatever, getting ready to swim, and I take my shirt off, and guys, I can't, I can't tell you how many women like stare. And I'm like, I'm not a piece of meat. I just don't understand why you feel that's okay. I don't know why you're laughing, by the way. That's rude. Chris Dale, I'm watching you over there, yeah. I just, I'm walking around, and the ladies, it's like, it's a lot. I don't know, it's a lot. <laughs> Amelia is loving this joke. That's never happened to me. It's never happened to me. But here's what I want to bring up. Jokes aside, I want to, she's going to take a minute uh, to get over that one. Um, where, where do those things... Now, this is where I will ask you to participate. We're going to ask you to raise your hand to, to, to give an answer here. Any one of those illustrations, think about boyfriend, girlfriend, home, alone, no parents. Think about going to a party where certain substances are going to be consumed, drugs, alcohol, things like that. Um, where do some of those things, where are some of those like, okay, that's sin and it would be disobedient to do that thing? Or is it not sin? You raised your hand. Okay, so anybody? Go ahead. I just, you raise your, you raise your hand in typical in American fashion is you raise your hand, I call on you and then you give me the answer. Any of those, any one of them. Because, okay, so you want to do, let's do the party, okay? Party. Go to a party. There's certain substances going to be consumed. Drugs, alcohol. Is it, is it wrong? Is it sinful to go to the party? It's bad. Define bad. <laughs> it's bad, bad, bad. Not good. Okay. Is it sinful? So I asked if it was sinful. Shh, shh. Sinful, yes. Okay. Under 21, okay. So if you're over 21, you can take drugs. Hold on. Shh. Hey, hey, hey. What? Okay. So, so I'm talking, let's, let's be more clear. Let's say there's like meth and cocaine. I don't know what you guys thought when I said drugs. Did you mean there's Tylenol? They have headaches. It's a lot. You're like, oh, I didn't know we were talking about that. That's what I'm talking about. We have... Go ahead. Yeah. I just said, you're going to a party where some substances may be consumed, probably be consumed. Don't go to the party? Okay, all right. Yeah? Shh, hold on. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, so A, this is one of those things that I think a lot of students discovered last semester is that we are to, you learn this in the book of Romans, that we are to obey the law of the land in so much that we're not going against God's rule. Now, if the president of the United States is like, you're going to bow to this idol at noon every day, then that's where we start rebelling against what the president says, what the law says, because that goes against God. We'll never bow to another idol, or at least I won't. But what I'm saying is, is that like all of you who are under 21, i.e. every student in here, unless you're taking your senior year for the eighth time, um, <laughs> sorry, personal, um, then it's illegal for you to drink. And so it's a sin, right? Okay? And drugs, meth, cocaine, okay? Illegal, not okay, right? Okay, boyfriend, girlfriend, home alone, no parents. Sin, not sin. Where does it say in the Bible that you can't do that? Shh. Can't, can't do what until you're married? Go home without the parents? What if they're like, okay, so like, what if they're like, we're just going to do a Bible study? I can't hear you. <laughs> Glory to God, go ahead and say it. Okay. No, that's good. That's good. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. Shh. Hold on, hold on. I can't hear because this whole front row right here. Yeah, dishonest, yeah. There's a, so there's temptation. Yeah? <laughs> In the context of marriage. I believe so. Yeah. But I would say that, I would say that the Bible's going to specifically allow that to be inside marriage. And yeah, be fruitful and multiply married couples. They didn't address it. They didn't address it. Because I think, I think that's the interesting point, real quick, real quick. I think the interesting thing is that, listen, listen, teenagers, is that you guys are navigating situations where you may not have been given specific instructions. You know why? Because your parents probably didn't wake up this morning and be like, okay, so just in case someone picks you up on a motorcycle and you're going down Siena Parkway at 90 miles an hour on this, this motorcycle, and then there's this jump that goes over the new bridge that's kind of not finished yet. Like, you know why? Because that scenario's not in their head. So now, jokes aside, jokes aside, there are scenarios... Listen, there are scenarios you haven't put yourself in because you were like, here's, here, okay, so here's the scenario, okay? Your, your boyfriend, girlfriend, you're on a date. You're like, well, the house is empty or whatever. And like, you've never, you've never done that thing that Ariana's talking about. Um, but, but you know, maybe you'll be tempted to because maybe you've never been alone in the house ever before. And so that temptation's there. Here's what I've found, and this is what I want to talk about for this series, is that there's a lot of situations that you're going to kind of stumble into and find yourselves in that you're not going to quite know, like, what do I do with this scenario? And listen, hey, Nathan, can you turn around for me? Thank you. Um, there's a lot of scenarios that you're like, I don't know what the Bible even says about this. I prayed to God that you might even, like, consult 
the Bible in the first place. Or some of you are going to say like, I don't know, is it right or wrong? Or is it, what do my parents think about this? Or is this going to get me in trouble? Am I going to lose a scholarship? And you start thinking about all these earthly consequences. But the truth is like, God should be the number one person in our mind that gives us these guidelines. And so when we talk about temptation, which is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God, then we ought to start putting ourselves in these situations, at least mentally, to start thinking about what matters to us. And this is why I love this student ministry. And I hope that by now you've learned, and maybe this is your first time here, and this is um, quite an interesting night to start on uh, for the discussion we've had so far. But I hope that you know that this is a student ministry where like, we want to talk about these things because here's what's going to happen. In a couple years, you're going to be older and you're going to be in some different scenarios and you're probably going to be taking things a little more seriously. And I want to make sure that you're rooted and grounded in Scripture before you find yourself in a scenario that you don't quite know what to do. Because the truth is, I said this uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, that the Bible answers almost all of your, well, I would say, all of your most practical questions. Like, why am I here? How did I get here? If there's a creator, which we believe there is, what does he want from my life? What happens next? How am I supposed to deal with people? How am I supposed to deal in society? How am I supposed to deal in my relationship with God? The Bible answers those questions. The Bible also answers some questions about what you should do with boyfriend and girlfriend, what you should consume, what you should not consume, what you should watch, what you should not watch. And so... As we talk about temptation, I really want you to hear this, okay? Because like I said, it could be a temptation to like do something that's not necessarily specific sin. But I'm talking about the stuff that's connected to sin. If there is something that you're like, man, I'm going to go after that thing, and you know it's sinful, you know it's against God's guidelines and God's plan and Scripture, at the, at the cost of like, I think it's going to give me something good. In fact, I think a lot of times what happens is we're like, I deserve this, or I need this, or I, well, it's just this, it's just this one thing that I'm going to give myself. And I want you to start thinking about what those things are. So we're going to do three weeks uh, of conversation about this. Tonight, I just want us to get an idea of what the Bible actually says about temptation. I guarantee we're going to say something tonight that you might have heard for the first time that the Bible says. Okay, so four, four things you need to know about temptation. Uh, first of all, it is not a sin to be tempted. Did you know that? It is not a sin to be tempted. And I think some of you maybe need, just need to think about the nature of temptation. Like, it's not your fault for example, um, that someone walked up to you and like hands you a joint, okay? Hands you a joint and says, here, do you want to smoke? And it's like, whoa! And then you might even be tempted to be like, why not? Maybe that's you. I had that happen. I actually had it happen kind of recently. Yeah, that was interesting. They knew I was a pastor. I was like, what kind of pastor do you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> not one of those. Um, so I had this opportunity to be like, uh, now here's what I think teenagers do. Listen to me. I think teenagers are, maybe this isn't you, okay? Don't tell me if it's you or it's not you, are terrified to like disappoint someone or make it be weird or awkward. And so they're like, okay, I'll just do it because they don't want the, the moment to be awkward. And let me tell you, I couldn't be more sad for that moment. I want to help you understand that you have strength and agency to make the right decision in the first place. Here's where we see that it's not a sin to be tempted. These are all in scripture. Hebrews 4:15 says, 
It's talking about Jesus. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Pause. Think of all the ways that you're tempted that you don't want to talk about in this room. Jesus was too. Isn't that amazing? Jesus was too. He was tempted because when he spent these 30 or so years on the planet as the, as the obviously the son of God made flesh, he was fully God, but he was also fully human. He knew what it was like to be like, I am starving right now. He knew what it was like to be sad when his friends betrayed him. He knew what it was like to probably be like, I am like tempted to be angry with these people. Like he knew all those temptations, yet he was sinless. And so what we're saying here is that temptation comes upon you and that temptation's there. Now, where does it become sin? It's like what you do with it, right? Temptation. Okay, so Sunday mornings. Every Sunday morning at 7.30, I go to Snowflake Donuts, right? And I, I walk in, I'm like, I'm home. <laughs> but I, I have just kind of decided, like, I'm done with donuts. Like, I'm done with donuts. There's, like, no donuts. And so, like, does that mean I'm not tempted? They actually, like, they're like, hey, thank you so much. Here's some donut holes for free. And I'm like, oh, they're, like, my favorite. You know, and it's like, I almost want to be like, no, thank you, but then I don't want to be rude. Again, like, right, we don't want the moment to be awkward. And so is it a sin to be tempted? No, like we see that in Scripture, but it's like what you do with it, okay? So let me get, a, like, a lot more serious. You've got, you're scrolling, uh, maybe your device, maybe you don't have a device yet, or maybe you're watching TV and something pops up, and you're like, ah! And then it's like, is that... Just because like a commercial or a show or something comes on the TV. Now, if you're like Googling like the words that I'm too embarrassed to say right now, like you did that, okay? But if like something shows up in your world and you're like, ah! Where does it become sin? Is it in the temptation or is it in the, yeah, I'm just going to take a sneaky peek. Yeah, it's what you do with it. It's if you stop scrolling and you're like, huh, what am I going to do with that? You know? You're tempted to do something. You, you see something that you want to make fun of in the, in the lunchroom, but you know it's going to hurt them. And you're tempted to do it. Huh? What am I going to do? Am I going to say something or not? It's in the actual action where the sin lives. The second thing, is that you are never above temptation. I've learned this in a very real way in my adult years because I have some very like adult friends that should be making more like responsible decisions that just people can't figure it out sometimes. You are never beyond temptation. Temptation's always going to be there. This world is broken. It's full of sin. And, and I don't ever want you to be like, well, I mean, I am a Christian. I was baptized. I've been on a mission trip. I am okay. And then you're like, dust off the... Let me tell you, the enemy is like, I've got something for you. And we see it in Scripture. Where do we see it in Scripture? 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Um, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands... Take heed lest he fall. In other words, like, be on guard. Like, be ready. 
You know, it's like walking into a boxing match. You ever seen someone that like walks in all like, you know, whatever, and like dude straights get punched because he's not ready or whatever? Like we all like the idea of like bowing up on a situation. Um, And usually the people like to bow up on a situation are the ones that get bowed up on, right? Like they get punched in the face. And so this verse to me screams this idea of like even thinking about all the armor of God that we learn about in the back half of Ephesians that we put that armor on so that we can be ready when the fight comes, when the battle comes. And so we don't ever have the idea that we're above temptation. I'm not above temptation. I'm just not. I have friends right now that are demonstrating to me they're not above temptation. And I, th- I thought, like I kind of thought they were, but, I, but like they've demonstrated that they're not. This is why I love accountability groups, because when you're struggling, you're in a moment. I used to have a friend. Um, his name was John John. I don't know if his mom gave him that name or he gave himself that name, but my friend John John, and he couldn't stop smoking weed. It was, I was in high school. He lived in a completely different part of town. We did not have cell phones. And so like in order for us to contact each other, we'd have to like pick up the phone and like boop, 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 you know, whatever is a different day. Um, but like sometimes I wasn't just by the phone. And so he, but he would call, like he would call at all hours of the night. My parents loved that. Um, but he would say like, hey, I'm really struggling right now. Like I'm tempted to smoke weed right now. Like, I just need you to help me. I need you to pray for me or whatever. And I just was, had so much respect for him in that phase of his life. He was living with people that all smoked weed. He was living with people that didn't have the same belief systems as him. And so he was right, really going up against it. But you got to have that. People. We talked in the habit series, right, about the people, having the people that you can call. There's got to be someone here that you can trust. We want this to be uh, like a support system. Third, we want to make sure that you know that God will never tempt you. God will never tempt you. And you're like, okay, so where did you get that in Scripture? It is expressly written in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 13. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, but he, and, I'm sorry, and he himself tempts no one. That might be the first time you've ever heard that before. Now, you're like, but I don't understand. What, like, I thought he tests us. Tests? Yes. What's the difference between tempting and testing? You get this idea of tempting like there's a carrot in front of somebody's face and he's kind of trying to like lead someone into sin. Does, does it match up with God's character? Or does God ever display where he's trying to lead you into sin to see if you'll mess up? No, who does that sound like? Sounds like Satan. Sounds like the enemy. Yeah. Sounds like the, the battle that's not against flesh and blood, but the principalities and the powers of darkness, right? And the powers of this world. God has never been like, yeah, I want you to end up in the ditch. No, he's calling you to righteousness. And so we just have to have this understanding that God is not the one who tempts us. This goes all the way back to the original lie in Genesis chapter 3 with Adam and Eve. And what did Satan say? Did God actually say that you can't eat that fruit. And he kind of tried to even twist God's words, which is why you need to know what God's word says. It's very important. The fourth thing is that there's always a way out. There's always a way out. This is the good news. Verse here is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And there is no temptation that's overtaken you that is not common to man, or as we learned earlier, to Jesus. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape 
that you may be able to endure it. That is going to be what we're going to talk about for the rest of the series. And I just want you to, to keep coming back to learn because we are go- I can't pack all of how to battle temptation in one night, but it's going to take two different nights to talk about how to fight temptation and how to fight sin. It's very important that we take all this into account. Now, really quickly, give me like two minutes and we're going to wrap up. I want to go back to James chapter 1. Remember, he said, let no one say that God tempts us. He doesn't tempt us. He may test us, but God cannot be tempted, nor does he tempt. But verse 14 and 15 um, are really good. I want us to hear that because I I really want you to like, I want this to land like the ton of bricks that it is. But each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to what? What? Sin. And then sin, when it is fully grown, brings what? Death. Death. This reminds me of Genesis 1 through 3. Right? Satan's coming and he's twisting God's words. And he said, did God really say that you would die? Did God really say that you would die? Now, did Adam and Eve die? Oh, that's interesting. I think we got to, well, first of all, I would say they did, but maybe not in the way of like life, death, like six feet under, like you're thinking. What does death mean for Adam and Eve in that moment? Sin? What did that, what did that day cause? Separation from God. Separation from God. And so what happens is, is and here's, here's where I want this to land like a ton of bricks. I'm afraid that your generation isn't acquainted with Scripture enough to discern truth from error, discern righteousness from sin, so we just kind of stumble into stuff, and then we find ourselves in sin, which gives birth to death, and then we find ourselves in kind of this, this cycle. I want you to know it's important. And this isn't just a, oh, what's the Bible study going to be tonight? Like, this is maybe the most important thing I could talk about in this semester is teaching you how to fight temptation and fight what the devil has to offer. Now, give me 30 seconds. I want to say this. I am not interested. I want to lies on me. I am not interested. And you, like, hearing all of this and saying, okay, so I'm just going to do everything perfectly and never sin, and like I'm going to be a, a good little Christian. Like, is God interested in that? Yeah. No, but a little bit. We're going to talk about that the next two weeks, too, because that gets, it's important, but I know that it gets confusing. Who were the people in the Bible who had all their P's and Q's down in the Gospels? The Pharisees, the Pharisees, the ones who were the religious leaders. And is there ever a point in scriptures where Jesus is like, yeah, just like them. They're the poster child. Why? They had everything down. It seemed like they were perfect. Here's the thing. We're going to spend the next two weeks talking, uh, two um, series, uh, two uh, fuses talking about it. But Jesus paid for your sin. And Jesus paid for your sin because you can't be perfect. You can't resist temptation on your own. Now, God's given you a gift as Christians, 
to fight temptation. We're going to talk about that for the next two weeks, but I don't want you to leave here with this idea of Mark wants us to be perfect. It's a very complex idea, and I want to dive into it the next two weeks. All right? But don't forget that Jesus purchased your salvation by his sinless death on the cross so that you wouldn't have to be perfect to have a relationship with him. And that's what matters most in this moment. But it doesn't mean that we go on sinning, okay? It's complex. We'll talk about it. Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for these students. It's such like a highlight for me of of walking through these texts. Um, Lord, I do pray that you would give us uh, illumination through your spirit, through your word, as we study these things. I think there's going to be some eye-opening things that we talk about the next couple weeks. Thank you for your son who paid paid the price on the cross for us, for our salvation. Keep us safe as we go home. Give us a great day tomorrow. In your name we pray. Amen.